2: It's very important that we share our struggles, that we share, you know, the things we go through, so that you know people who are watching us know that you know we're just like them, and that their life is okay. Like we all go through struggles, we all go through difficult things. I've been trying to do that a lot.
1: Welcome back to The Skinny Confidential, him and her show. That clip was from our guest of the show today, Camilla Coelho. She is an entrepreneur, the founder of a new up-and-coming beauty line, and she's an epilepsy ambassador and board member. You also might recognize her from Instagram because she has 9 million followers, which is crazy. She's a badass, and she really opens up on this episode. And I'm here for it because... I am in the fifth dimension. You're already there. Yeah. Have you heard about this, Michael? I, you've
0: been telling me about it. I think I I, I don't want to, I don't know if I want to go or not. I'm, I've been pretty good here. And what are we in the third or the fourth?
1: Zaza and I are going to the fifth dimension. Does
0: anyone know what we're talking about? Okay. So I don't know what we're talking about. So
1: on the 21st, there was a great awakening. Okay. I think I'm going to fl- probably flub this. All the planets were aligned and something with the sun and the stars, and it's never been like this in the entire world.
0: No, that's not true. I think it's been like this like 200 years ago. Wait, how do I know more about this than you? <laughs> don't you, just, you don't even know what we are talking about. I just know that Ooh, there's ouch. a great like
1: awakening happening, and... You are supposed to ascend. Ouch.
0: Looks like looks like you're not gonna make it if you don't even know when I'm in the fifth dimension. No, I I think you might have got left behind. I've been here for a while, I think.
1: No, so today and yesterday we're supposed to meditate, write down our intentions, charge our crystals, get really good sleep. Eat organic food, drink water. This is a real thing.
0: So like you're supposed to do that stuff like pretty much every day, right? No, but
1: this is different. It's, oh, a, it's a great different. awakening. Okay. So I'm, I'm a- speaking to you guys from the fifth dimension. Zaza and I are already there. Michael, I don't know if you made it.
0: I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to make it. I, mean, I either made it and I'm there and everything's fine, or I didn't and everything's fine. Okay. That's how I feel.
1: Well, Zaza and I will be there. Boone's there too. Boone is for sure. Wait, ascended. hold on, I'm
0: getting a message from the seventh dimension. I'm already in the seventh, Lauren. I, uh, the fifth. I, I skipped the fifth. I okay. skipped the fifth, sixth. I'm in the seventh.
1: Okay, I can't. So the, one of the reasons that I really respect Camilla as an influencer is that she started her own company. And I think there's not enough talk about that in the influencer space because as a creator, you're essentially self-employed working for yourself, but it's a whole nother layer to build your own company. Michael and I have been having these conversations all the time because you you get back your time when you build a company. Maybe not at first, but overall longevity you get your time back.
0: Well, I think one thing to defi- like to define this is, you know, you can have like You're as an influencer creator, you can have a quote-unquote company, but to me, that's a little bit more like a solopreneur, right? Like the whole business is reliant on you. Like if you stop creating or you stop doing, like the business falls apart. To me, a company is something that's an organization of people that's not reliant on one person. That could be, you know, built and transferred as an asset to somebody else, and also can run while you're not, you know, a part of it. Like you can you can go somewhere. Someone like Lauren could go somewhere, and the company keeps running without her. You know, as an influencer, it's hard as a because you're essentially. You have your own company, but you're a solopreneur and all of the work is dependent on you. And if you take off and stop creating, then the whole business falls apart. So to me, a company, not to take anything away from creators, is an entity that you can build that is not solely dependent on you, that you can transfer to another owner if need be.
1: And that's what Camilla did. She created LLUs and it's clean, cruelty-free, vegan, gluten-free. Beauty. Okay, it's available at Net-a-Porter, Revolve, and Saks. It's absolutely gorgeous. They have this magical oil. She has like this lip balm that's super glittery. Um, Definitely check it out on Instagram. It's at Ella Luz, and she's also obviously still a creator. And then she also has a clothing line. Okay, you can buy this on Revolve. Super cute clothes. She's crushing it, and I have always loved when influencers and creators in our space take it to another level because it opens up space for everyone right so terry cruz there's a story that he says on tim Ferriss. he was driving down sunset and he saw a huge billboard of tom cruise and in it tom cruise was in this huge movie and terry noticed that he was automatically jealous and then he realized it's actually an amazing thing that tom cruise was in this superstar hit movie because it opened up more space for men actors. I look at the influencer space in the same way. I just feel like she's breaking barriers, opening new doors, and it's very exciting. So with that, let's welcome Camilla, entrepreneur, badass, founder, to the show.
0: This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her.
1: I'm so excited who we're in the studio with today because I feel like this episode is going to be so exciting aspirational and inspirational. You grew up in Brazil.
2: (laughs) Yes.
1: Let's go way back and like before you were this like bomb ass businesswoman.
2: Tell us about your childhood. Okay, thank you. I'm so happy to be here with you guys. I have like a vibrator next to me. I have a whole thing going on here. (sighs) Going back to Brazil, I'm really proud of like where I come from my childhood days. I grew up in a very small town of Brazil uh the state of minas gerais a town where like everybody knows each other like very small where i had very limited access to like things in the world in general but i was very free i remember like going out to my grandfather's farm and like going up the mango tree and like chatting with my cousins and i was just like a very free child growing up surrounded by nature and you know playing outside all the time and I've, I've always, I was always a beauty lover. It was in my blood. My passport photo when I was six years old, I had a red lipstick on, a bold red lipstick on that I got from my grandmother. But yeah, growing up in this small town in Brazil in general, like the warm culture, um, I have so many amazing memories of it. And then I moved to the U.S. when I was 14 with my family, seeing my mom work so hard after a divorce, a tough divorce inspired me to be independent early. Coming from such a small town and a humble background really gave me strength to like, almost like, you know, you, you, you move to America, this whole new world, new language, new everything. And I've always like, I've always been very proud to be Brazilian the way I grew up. But, you know, after I moved to the US, I, I just really wanted to be independent. And I think it was by looking at my mom um, and what she was doing to raise her kids that really inspired me to to be independent early. I'm so proud that I was raised in Brazil, and I'm proud of my country. And yeah, I always try to like you know whenever I'm meeting someone, I'm like, yeah, I'm from Brazil. You know, like I'm so proud. Um, what
1: are some things that you miss about Brazil?
2: I miss the food, number one, a lot. I mean, I try to to cook. A, Brazilian food here I always do my pão de queijo which I should have brought to you guys it's amazing it's like a cheesy bread I don't like to yeah I don't like to call it cheese bread because I I want to like you know people to know what pão de queijo is but it's amazing I'll bring it in next time I promise the food and family I have a huge family in Brazil like I have 40 cousins only on my
0: dad's side
2: Yeah, it's a lot of us, and yeah, I miss family a lot, but I, I try to go to Brazil at least three times a year.
0: What were the circumstances behind the move? Like, why did you guys to decide to, to come to the U.S. when you were so young?
2: It was my, my, my mom's decision, really. I remember my, my parents together, it was, you know, great, but then, unfortunately, they got divorced, and things are really hard on, on my mom, on us. We no longer had the support of my dad as we used to, and you know my mom had uh, her brother living here in the u.s with restaurant business and she decided to move really to provide us a better life
0: and it was here in california or no
2: it was <laughs> it was in scranton pennsylvania Uh, So so I lived there for four years. I mean, that's a big contrast compared to Scranton and Brazil. Imagine like Brazil, tropical, going to Scranton. I felt like an outcast really when I, but I had great memories of Scranton, like high school. But it was really hard for me in the beginning, for sure, to like fit in, you know.
1: What was your first job?
2: My first job was at a restaurant as a boss girl do you say bus girl, bus girl, am I pronouncing Busser? right? Busser, yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, like you, I'm like, right, mom, I just need a job. And I was like waiting for that moment to like be able to get a job because I heard, this is not common in Brazil to like work when you're in school, but it's very common in America, right? And I was talking to one of my friends in school. they were like, yeah, I'm getting a part-time job. And I remember I was like applying for cheerleading at the time and I gave up the cheerleading because I did want to work. Like I saw my mom working so hard. And I just wanted, I felt bad, like asking her for money on the weekends. And, and she told me, she's like, Camilla, you're way too young. You don't need to, like, we're fine. And I'm fine, like giving you money on the weekends. But I wanted to have that taste of independence. Like it was already in me. And my first job was I applied at a restaurant and um, I was like, okay. And then I noticed, I was like, you know, cleaning off the tables, like getting the dirty plates out, like carrying this bucket of heavy plates around. But I was happy. Like I was, I felt proud of myself that I was independent at like probably 16, I was 15, 16. I don't know. I think it was 15 or 16 that I could work. So yeah, that was my first job.
1: I heard a rumor that you used to work behind the counter. I want to say Nordstrom's.
2: Is that true? So yeah, so that was my first job after high school. I worked at a Dior counter at Macy's, department store. Which yes. is
1: so incredible because don't you now work with Dior as a brand, as an influencer? Yes. So
2: it's really full circle. Really full circle. And you want to know a, a really full circle story? Dior was the first brand to invite me to Paris for the Haute Couture show. So I was sitting front row with Dior. And that moment, I remember 2014, I could like cry that day because you know, really my story with social media started behind the counter. It was, you know, from working at that counter, hustling there that I decided to become a makeup artist. Um, I saw how empowering and, and transformative beauty is by working at that counter. You know, you're like people from different backgrounds with different needs will arrive and they will all walk out with a smile on their faces. And that That was the best part of my day. I hated the retail hours. I hated, you know, like retail was tough and I was hustling, but that made my day each, every single day, like at that counter. So I decided to become a makeup artist and it was during my makeup artist years that I found social media, I found YouTube and I finally created my first YouTube video. This is back in 2010. I want you to talk
0: on it a little bit because I think there's a lot of people that will look at you and the platform you've built and look at Lauren, the platform she's built and they'll they'll start to compare themselves as to where they are now compared to where you guys are now. mm -hmm. But they forget that it's many, many years of yeah. work and under circumstances too, when you guys didn't have the resources you have now. I mean, you yes. were working another job and basically doing social as a side hustle, correct?
2: Exactly.
0: And I want you to talk about that because I think it's aspirational and also inspirational for people to learn, like no matter where they are, they can get started and work towards, you know, what you've built.
2: 2010, people were using YouTube to watch music videos, right? And I remember when I saw this one video, I was there to watch a music video. And then this one video popped up, which was Candy Johnson at the time. She's actually from LA, love her. And this girl was like teaching me, I was watching the video, right? So teaching me how to do my makeup. And I was like, wait, this is fantastic. I could actually do videos since I'm a makeup artist. I could do videos and help out my family, like my sister, they always want some one on one, you know, and learn tricks, my friends and family. And I finally decided to do it. But then I remember even my friends questioning me, like, what are you really doing? You're like, this is crazy. You're just putting videos out there like no one understood it. So in the beginning, it was really hard, especially like, you know, yes, I was working. That was like my hobby. I was still working full time with beauty as a makeup artist. But I was doing that as a hobby, didn't know it was going to become something. But then when it started becoming something, I remember getting my first box of makeup at home from NYX Cosmetics. Like I was, oh, my God, I'm getting free product. This is crazy. Like I I did not imagine it would become something one day. But of course, like throughout the months um, after I created my blog, especially and and started sharing more content, uh, not just beauty, but also fashion, lifestyle writing every day, my community started growing more and being more engaged. Um, I remember I really wanted to go into the fashion industry as well. And especially in the fashion industry, it was really hard for back then to like prove yourself and prove to brands and people that, okay, this is something like we're legit. Like we're creators and it's not like we're, you know, back then you see the name bloggers, you would see in people's faces. People like cringe a little bit. Bloggers, yeah. Do you
1: remember the Vogue article that came out?
2: Uh, it was like which one <laughs> was, there was
1: a Vogue article that was bashing bloggers. And oh, a lot yeah. of bloggers spoke up.
2: I remember I'm, I'm sure yeah. I've seen so this this was already like a few years after I went. Like I had already gone through so many things and like trying to prove myself. And but I remember clearly that article.
1: So how what did you do when you broke into the industry and people were having a bad taste about bloggers? For me, it was different than you because my main focus isn't fashion. Yeah. So I can only imagine showing up at all these huge shows and people snubbing you when you were, you were working your ass off to create yeah. content.
0: quick break to talk about something near and dear to my heart that I think everyone that listens to this show would benefit from, and that is investing. We've been touching on it on this show briefly. We've never really gotten fully into it, but I think now's the time as we head into a new year, to start talking about how to protect your future, save and invest. Listen, no one is great doing something the first time, right? And investing and saving can be really scary, especially if you're unfamiliar you know, I've been sharing books and recommendations and resources on how you can learn a little bit more. And here I want to give you a tool that I can help get you well on your way. And that tool is Wealthfront. The thing I love about Wealthfront is Wealthfront does a ton of the work for you so you can invest like an expert from the beginning. And here's the key if you're unfamiliar with investing. You, know, you hear about the stock market and you figure out what, what type of stock should I invest in? What do I pick? Decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are just not in your favor. And I can tell you personally, I do not invest in any stocks individually. I only invest in low-cost index funds. And let me tell you why. Low-cost index funds give you a diversified portfolio that helps protect your assets so that you don't have to deal with crazy swings in the market. And Wealthfront creates automatic investment portfolios of diversified low-cost index funds personalized just for you, which is why I love this platform. So you're probably wondering, how do I start investing? How do I start making money? To open an account, all you need is three minutes and $500 to invest. You can save $500. I highly suggest you do so for your future. There are no manual trades, no watching the stock market, and no more managing the details. Wealthfront's technology does it all for you, and it protects you from unnecessary risk so you can feel confident that you're not going to just lose your money, that it's going to be protected. Saving and investing for your future is so important. I'm telling you, Lauren and I's main strategy is low-cost index fund. It always has been. That's where we put most of our savings and our investment. Investments. That's how we keep our money growing. It's a smart thing to do. Read any finance book and it'll tell you the same thing. Right now, you can visit Wealthfront.com slash skinny to get your first $5,000 managed for free for life. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash skinny to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash skinny and get started today.
2: It was tough. And that was one of the things as well that made me want to work even harder and almost like, you know, I'm going to prove that I'm legit and that,
0: you know, I belong at these places. I think that's And such also a, like, stop
1: a, being such a stuck up asshole. No, but I think that's such <laughs> an
0: interesting personality trait because I think like when you have, win- like, listen, people might, like you have a winner and that like th- those circumstances end up fueling fueling you. But yeah. and for other people, it ends up kind of defeating them. And I think like to hear you say, it's important for people to think like, when people tell you no, you should hear yes in your head and you oh, should yeah. push harder. Exactly. Same thing and happened with a, podcasting. People yes. were like, what the hell is a podcast when we started mm-hmm. this? And now it's like, this yeah. podcast established a network. Like, people are now won't stop yeah. talking about podcasts. It's actually kind of annoying now. But- in the beginning they're like what the fuck are you doing
2: yeah no but it definitely exactly what you said it has made me so much stronger it made me so much stronger throughout the years and it gave me more strength to like do better and be better and like and be innovative but it was hard it was definitely hard it wasn't like you know today that you see social media and you see influencers and and creators and and know that that is a business back then it was like a whole few years, like trying to prove it, not trying to prove it, like doing it and being rejected, being looked at different and, uh, but still doing it to, you know, later on see results.
1: What about other bloggers? I, like I said, I've never been to a fashion show. That's just, I. that's not like my landscape of what Mm -hmm. I've done, but I can only imagine coming into the fashion shows. And there's other bloggers
2: that maybe are catty. How did you deal with that? Oh, my gosh, I've great question. (laughs) I've had that a lot in the beginning. But because I came from a beauty background, I feel like when I was stepping into fashion, girls were like, No, you're you're always going to be a beauty influencer like you don't belong in fashion i felt that a lot of times they never said it to my face but i felt that in ways where like okay we're sitting together watching a show and they would invite everyone around them oh let's go to dinner and they would invite me and this was like you know and at the time i was like okay that's fine but i i felt like they were excluding me from from it and It's funny because, you know, life goes on and then the same people come and like they want to collab with you later and they want to do stuff together. So, I mean, all of that gave me strength and it gave me like, it gave me strength to be better and to do better and to, to prove myself. So, I mean, that happens. It doesn't happen a lot. In the beginning, it did happen to me. But today I can complain, you know, I have great relationships with so many people. But I can count like maybe a couple that were kind of caddy to me you know what's funny anything. is we've had
0: um like i'd say like fashion influencers and bloggers on this show right yeah. and they, their story is when they broke in and got into like the fashion landscape and started going to shows that the traditional like fashion people snubbed them and then you're yeah. telling a story about how when they were there like and a beauty person comes in they snub, And it's just yeah. funny how things work yeah. but you know you got to be careful who you snub on the way up because you never know what's I mean, going to happen sad. with someone i always tell people how about like,
1: everyone's just nice to everyone yeah because <laughs> like it's not that
0: hard and i, and I tell people all the time, time like when you w- right when you feel you're at the top like there's somebody below you that is super hungry and willing to do whatever they can to get to that level and like you can't get comfortable at the top you always got to be nice to everybody because yeah. you never know like somebody that works for you could one day you can end up one day exactly. working for them exactly exactly
1: when did you know holy shit this is a business like i need to really take this seriously and run it like a business how early on
2: actually early on I remember 2010 I started doing videos just hobby 2011 I created my blog and that's when like you know the first 12 days we got more more than 150,000 unique visitors on the blog which was insane number I would say 2012 beginning of 2012 that's when actually my husband came in and that's when things got real I was like I need help I was getting offers from brands to like advertise their product and I remember at the time was even if it was just like okay Um, you're getting a percentage of the sales, you know how they used to do kind of like reward style today, right? And it started really getting, I think, yeah, a year and a half after it started, which was quick, I, I think, because I mean, again, back in 2010, this was super new. But I was very committed. The moment I created my blog, I was committed. I was like, in order for people to come back, I need to be consistent. And I had this mindset really in the beginning i need to be consistent on every platform that i use i need to be consistent especially on my blog because this is the hub of everything and if i don't post every day at least monday to friday people are not gonna remember me right and this is my mindset in the beginning it still is today like on youtube for example I used to do YouTube's, you know, twice a week. Uh, today I'm not so consistent, and I see the difference from back then to now because today I have so much other, so many other things going on. But being consistent was so important for me, and being on all different platforms. I, you know, I was using Twitter. Uh, Instagram didn't even exist before until 2012. But then I remember uh, Instagram coming up, and I got the app. I was posting there. I was posting everywhere. Facebook. YouTube, all the platforms I was using to commu- because there's different people in each platform, right? And some people love Facebook. They maybe don't use Instagram so much. So I was trying to get everyone. And that was kind of like my strategy in the beginning. That's what I think also helped me grow faster in the beginning the consistency and the being present in all social medias
1: besides consistency now in 2020 what do you think makes an influencer stand out and it doesn't even have to be
2: an influencer just any kind of creator creator. yeah I think what makes a creator stand out today is being authentic number one when I say being authentic is not just like being yourself and who you are but being authentic to like true to you like who are you working with is it organic that you know what what are what are the brands you're advertising is is it products or a brand that you truly believe in and your followers and this was also a mindset that I had since the beginning like when I was making no money I was saying no's already because there were certain things that would come in that I was like how can I do that and maybe it wasn't you know a brand that I already liked but the product I didn't like and one thing I always did was to try product before I say yes to an offer and i think that is number one like earning your followers trust right and i i used to think if i mess it up if i don't be real with them now they're gonna see it long term and i want this to be long term so it was very important for me to say no's in the beginning until now so i think being authentic authentic working hard i mean a lot of people think that being an influencer is easy it's so much work you know it <laughs> There's just so much that goes, you know. It's it's very overwhelming. I mean, don't get me wrong; I love it. There's a lot of, you know, glamorous moments. It's an easy way for
0: people to discredit. Like they'll look at someone like you and say, like, you know, well, I could do that, but it's easy. Like it's like this must be so easy, and it's a way to discredit and invalidate what you do. And it's it's a harder truth to face. Like, oh shit, that's a lot of work, right? Because a lot of people don't want to put in that work.
2: Yeah, and you know, you're basically in the beginning when I didn't have a team. Really, I was everything. Like I was my I was the creator. I was the, like, you're really doing everything. You're writing, you're, and it's so much pressure too, and so much responsibility. I always say the bigger you are, the more responsibility you have to inspire people in a positive way. So like, think two, three times before writing a caption, like, how are you going to impact people in a positive way by what you're posting? Not that you can't be organic and like fun. Of course you can, but I always think in the back of my mind, like, how is this content? going to affect people there's people of different culture different ages that are watching me a big responsibility that I have too is to talk about my real life struggles and show people that you know my life isn't perfect I feel like a lot of people with a big voice have been doing that a lot throughout the last years but it became social media I don't know if you remember this or if you felt this you guys like maybe two years back Social media was only about like the glamorous life, the glamorous things. And I remember even an article came out about like the amount of teenagers having depression because of social media. Like you're only seeing like this perfect life, you know, if, if I have a bad day, I don't like to look at social media because it's just, you know, the filter of everyone's perfect life that, that does not exist. There's no such thing as a perfect life. Everyone goes through struggles and, and difficult things. but. Us like people with the voice, is that my Is that okay. the vibrator?
1: No, it's right there. It's oh, a <laughs> I'm so I'm like, is that okay.
2: I'm My like... phone? Is that the vibrator? <laughs> like, is that the vibrator? It wants to work. I was out, worried right? it was the
0: vibrator. I was like, oh, shit.
2: <laughs> oh my God. Um, so, people with a voice and a platform, it's very important that we share our struggles, that we share you know, the things we go through so that, you know, people who are watching us know that, you know, we're just like them and that their life is okay. Like we all go through struggles. We all go through difficult things. I've been trying to do that a lot. You What's, know, what are the some
1: years. struggles that you've shared with your audience that you think have really resonated and maybe helped people? Oh, my. I am so excited to tell you all about Canopy, as if you didn't hear it on the episode we just did. But Canopy is the best humidifier on the market. It's the cleanest and easiest humidifier out there. I'm telling you, it's so wild. You don't even see any mist coming out of it because visible mist from traditional humidifiers is unhealthy because there's these particles and bacteria being carried by the water into the air. And you know, and I've talked about this for years, one of the best kept secrets for dewy, glowy, glassy skin is a humidifier. I am telling you.
0: Lauren and I sleep with one next to our bed. We have it in our offices. We have it in the living room. We have them all over the fucking house, honestly.
1: It combats dryness, sensitivity, dullness, and fine lines and wrinkles. And it promotes a healthier skin barrier that increases the efficiency of your skincare products. So you guys, I'm telling you, this is not just good for the well-being of your entire family because it alleviates coughs, nasal congestion, and sinus irritation. It's also going to give you tons of beauty benefits, selfishly.
0: So many of us think that just by putting any old humidifier in the house that we're doing ourselves a service. But if you listen to the episode we did with Dr. Dendy and Eric on episode 313 about humidifiers, it turns out the ones that you have to worry about mold building up and you see visible mist are not necessarily good for your skin, which is why. Why we're so behind Canopy. It is the healthiest, best, and cleanest alternative to humidifiers in the space.
1: It's anti-mold, like Michael said. It has a built-in aroma diffuser, so you can actually smell like a scented moisture and it's cute. It's compact. They have different colors. So definitely check them out. It's such a cute gift. You're going to go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your canopy purchase today when you opt into a replacement filter subscription. So you'll get a replacement filter every six weeks, right when it's time for a new one for 33% off the individual price. Plus, you receive a free aroma kit to be used with Canopy's built-in aroma diffuser, $40 value. Even better, there's a special offer for skinny confidential listeners. Use code SKINNY10 at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. So you're going to go to getcanopy.co today and use code SKINNY10 for an extra 10% off at checkout. Your skin will thank you, I'm telling you.
2: I've shared a lot of them even when I'm just having a very overwhelming week or I'm at fashion week, the most glamorous moment of the year, right? For fashion, like I'm there watching the show's front row, but then I'm very overwhelmed. There's so much to do. There's not just going and sitting on the show. It's the getting ready. It's, you know, stopping at an event. It's doing interviews in the middle of it. It's it's a lot. And there are a lot of times at fashion week that I'm I'm not feeling my best self, that I'm feeling, you know, there are a lot of times at fashion week that I have cried. And a lot of times after an event that I'm meeting, like only people that want to see me there, but then afterwards I have a breakdown, not because I'm not happy, but just because it's a lot of energy. It's it's very overwhelming. Everything we do and all the energy we put into all we do and content especially is a lot. So. Showing that is very important, but I think the biggest thing I've shared with my community was about my epilepsy journey. I was diagnosed at age nine, and my whole life I kept it for myself. I did struggle a lot when I was a teenager, and I was able, thankfully, on my 20s, I was able to accept it, accept myself. You know, it was, it was during my 20s that I started on social media, and I always thought that it was okay to not share. But then again, Last year was a big year that I thought, okay, it was kind of bothering me. I knew it was something, it was like kind of the only thing I had never shared with my followers. And I knew also that it would not only be liberating to me to just let that out, although it would be scary, but that I will probably be able to help a lot of people. Not those, only those living with epilepsy, which there's a lot of us. One out of 26 people are diagnosed with with epilepsy throughout their lives. But those people who struggle with accepting themselves with their life problems, you know. So I share that in February of this year, which was um, epilepsy month, and it was the best thing I did. Um, It was very scary (laughs) to do it. I just didn't know exactly what type of because there's still such a huge stigma out there. Well, For epilepsy. someone that doesn't
1: know a lot about ep- epilepsy, can you speak on it? What is it like on a day-to-day? Is it something that affects you every single day or just when it happens? Like, describe what it's
2: like living with it. So there is various different types of epilepsy. Like I myself, I have dysrhythmia, uh, but there's many different types of epilepsy and many different levels as well. So me and you, we could have dysrhythmia, the same type of epilepsy, but we could have different levels of it. Yours could be severe. Mine can be more controlled. And when I say that is mine is thankfully more controlled. Every time, if I'm on medicine, I've never had a seizure. So every time I had a seizure in my life was when I was off medicine because the doctor recommends you to be off medicine every four years just to see if you still need it. But there's... A lot of people, children especially, who have seizures every day, even on medicine. Ugh. Even though I know like that mine is controlled, I'm still scared when I have, you know, a really bad headache. When I have, when
0: I feel dizzy, is that when I you get, might, something might come on? You yeah. like There's things that you. Yeah, but if
2: you're driving, do you get nervous when you're driving? No, I don't get nervous if I'm driving. But then if I have a really bad headache and I'm driving, then I'll get scared and I'll probably stop the car and have my husband drive or what I'm trying to say is there's so many people who live with it on their daily lives they don't know if they're gonna have a seizure in front on an event in front of everyone you don't know and the doctor's like and there's children who Still don't know the cure or the right medicine for their type of epilepsy. What does it feel like when you have a seizure? Do you not remember? I remember all of them. Uh, my first one, each one of them were different. I've had it while I was sleeping, but a lot of people ask me that. Does it hurt? What do you feel? For me, it's not 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 like even a relief to say, oh, it doesn't hurt. I don't feel anything because I know it hurts the people who are watching it much more than it hurts me. Like. I don't feel anything. It's almost like I went to sleep. Some of them, I see my, like my first one, I was nine. My fingers started closing one by one by itself and I couldn't control it. I couldn't open it. It was just closing my hand. And that's when I ran to my friend's mom. I was at her house playing with her and she saw something was wrong. And I I remember, I remember myself like fainting in her arms. And the next thing I remember that day was my mom calling my name, we're probably on the way to the hospital, and I couldn't respond to her. And that was the most, the most traumatizing thing for me because like, I knew I was fine, but she didn't. And from that moment on, I never wanted to have a, a seizure in front of anyone because I knew how much was gonna hurt them sorry okay okay but you know it doesn't hurt me but i know how much families struggle with um you know having people or children or whoever in their family who has epilepsy i always say like it's not only about the person who has epilepsy it's the whole family like they're heroes and a lot of people a lot of families are, are dealing with this on an everyday basis like taking care of that person Unfortunately, not everyone is like my case who gets to live a normal life. Like I, a lot of people are with epilepsy are sensitive to flash, to lights, or they can't go to a concert. So imagine me, like you know, being photographed and being at events. Uh, but I'm I'm okay with that. It's different. Uh, answering your question, for every person, it's different. There's different levels. There's dif- different types. And if anyone wants to know a bit more about epilepsy in general, I'm today a board member of the Epilepsy Foundation, which I'm really proud of, and trying to help them, you know, raise awareness and and funds and, and bring awareness and end stigma, really. Because a lot of people, you still say, like, until this day, I mean, growing up in a small town, especially like, oh, I have epilepsy or my daughter has epilepsy, people will look at you like, oh, my gosh, is she a bit crazy? Is she, can she process things right? And And it's not that you know there's different types there's different levels um do they know
1: what brings it on like just is it stress is it you said flash but is is there something specific or do they not know enough about it You know what's really the vibe? My vibe for 2021? Let's hear it. Is waking up feeling good after a couple of drinks. That's my vibe every day. No, that is totally my vibe because I found out about No Days Wasted and they are here to help you maximize life's moments. This is everything you could ever want. You can have a couple of drinks at night. You take this herb and you wake up and you don't feel bad. Okay. So imagine this, a few drinks in the evening, you're having a great time. The next morning you wake up, you feel normal. So in this herbal supplement is DHM detox. And this uses science to boost your body's natural response to alcohol and helps you break down the toxins. You guys, this is built on the backbone of DHM. Like I said, it's a plant-based ingredient that's been used in Asia for centuries. So here's what you do. What I like to do is I take two capsules after my first couple drinks and it goes to work for you. This is an essential part of of a routine. Why would you not take this? New Year's Eve is almost here. It's around the corner. I want to be prepared. I have this in my handbag. I'm bringing it to the holidays, to Christmas. I need this. Okay.
0: With the new year around the corner, who wants to feel slow, groggy out of it? Hence the name, no days wasted. Let's not waste any days in 2021. We got a lot to do, a lot going on. And this is so simple and easy to do.
1: Here's the deal. This herbal supplement is a completely risk free purchase. So if you don't love it, they'll refund you on your first box. I know you're going to love it though. This is an easy decision. I'm telling you, what you're going to do is you're going to use our offer. So I got you 20% off your order and free shipping in the United States. Just head over to nodayswasted.co slash skinny and use promo code skinny at checkout. That's nodayswasted.co slash skinny for 20% off your order. I'm telling you, you're going to feel your best moving into 2021 as we say goodbye to 2020.
2: what triggers the seizure is tiredness, lack of sleep, stress, which is why probably fashion week is yeah. not the best thing. For yeah, me. I mean fashion week was, has been always really scary for me and I one of the things, you know, I've always tried to do a fashion week. A lot of times I have to say no to events or to opportunities because I know I need to get my rest. I know I need to get like my sleep in at least. And you know, there are times that I sleep 5 hours a night, but then I need to take another two days to sleep really well just to prevent. It doesn't mean it's going to happen, but I don't want to take the chance, right? If you're diagnosed, those are the things that will trigger the seizure the most.
1: And you don't drink alcohol,
2: right No. Yeah. No alcohol ever? Ever because of my epilepsy. Does um, that trigger it too? Well, if you drink alcohol, it will take uh, the effect of your medicine a little bit. So, I mean, if you t- yeah, if I drink a little bit of alcohol, you won't, but doctors recommend you not to drink because they don't know how much you're going to drink, right? So I never, I remember when I was diagnosed, actually, this is a funny story. My doctor said to me at nine years old, Camilla, so the only thing you cannot do is drink alcohol. And I laughed. I was like, ha ha ha, you know, I don't want to drink alcohol. I thought he was going to say, you can't play a certain game or you can go on a roller coaster. And I remember that was like, I was fine with that until my teenage years. I mean, that, that was when I really struggled. You know, I moved to the US, this different country, different language, I was trying to fit in, fit in already. And my friends started partying and I couldn't drink. I just, you know, my mom always told me, don't drink. I wanted to do it. And when you're insecure about something, it's not really like I wanted to drink alcohol. I just wanted you my friends to see me equal like them. And I've gotten many things like, oh, why don't you drink? Are you scared? Are you, is there something wrong with you? And all of those things would make me feel very insecure and different. And it got to a point that I sat on my bed and I remember this day clearly. And I talked to myself and God, like, I'm not going to have seizures. And I said, I'm not going to have seizures anymore. I'm going to be cured and I'm going to stop my medicine. I didn't accept it. I mean, the fact it was one medicine, right, a day, and I didn't accept it. So I ended up having, after a few months, I had a seizure in high school, in front of all of my friends. And I remember waking up in the hospital and just crying, like bawling. And I looked at my mom and I didn't even, I was so ashamed of what I did.
0: Did she think you were taking the medicine? Yeah, she
2: didn't know, I took it away. Um, And I I thought to myself, she's going to be so mad. I, I can't even look at her. And we had the best conversation that day. And one of the things I say, you know, if you're struggling, especially as a teenager, share with your family, share with your friends, share with those who love you because they can help you. My mom didn't know I was struggling, and that's why she didn't help me. So what she said to me in the hospital was so meaningful. She said to me, Camilla, There's people fighting for their lives every single day. There's people with epilepsy who have seizures, who take medicine like you and still have several seizures a day. You are able to take one medicine and know that you will be okay and know that that one pill is going to control your seizures. So how lucky are you? And I heard her saying that, and it it was almost like it completely changed the way I felt about my condition. I mean, it wasn't overnight, but I kept thinking about that every single day until it got to a moment that I was like, I am so blessed. I am so lucky. And it made me accept myself and, and love myself the way I was and realize that everyone in this world has a different challenge and different struggle. And that was mine. And yeah, that was the hardest part of my journey. But then, you know, throughout the years, I decided to share because it was, it's still like, a little weight on my shoulders. Um, I bet you've helped a lot of people because you have a huge reach. Hopefully I did, yeah. The amount of messages I got, the amount of people who shared their stories with me, was incredible. It helped me out a lot too, especially now that I'm thinking of having a family, having a baby. This past year has been such a big year for us, for me and Icaro because we want to have a child and it's also very sensitive when you have to take medicine. You can either get pregnant without medicine, but then if you have a seizure, you can lose your baby. Or you can get pregnant on medicine, but then there are higher risks of, you know, having an abnormal pregnancy. So the decision is so hard. And I remember the beginning of the year before I shared about my epilepsy journey, how sensitive I was, even talking about it, like I could never have this conversation with you guys or anyone before I shared my story and by sharing my story is what made me stronger to talk about it, to talk to others and to listen to other people who go through the same. So by sharing my story, I got to listen to so many moms who who had epilepsy their whole lives, who got pregnant on medicine and had two, three healthy babies. So that helped me make my decision.
0: Well, I think when you tell stories like this, someone from the outside will look at you and this will happen to any successful person. And they'll hear you saying something like, Fashion week is hard, mm-hmm. uh, but for most people, like, and I understand because we've we've been to these events and it is hard and trying, but unless you've actually done those things, you're going to say like, I would do anything to be at fashion yeah. week. So right, they exactly. don't, they're not going to relate to it. So when you tell a story like this, it humanizes you in a way where people are like, oh my God, she's a person. She has struggles like me. Like I can understand. And people can can um, identify with you a little bit more and relate to you more, which ultimately makes them more vested in your story and also more engaged in what you're doing where you know when you see i'm not going to name anybody but when you see successful people go and complain about like success right like oh my god it's so hard that business is booming and that i have to go to these great places (laughs) what it does is people are like listen you're complaining about something that they would literally cut their right arm off for yeah um and so it's important to humanize yourself because it it, what it does is it makes people understand like oh she's human like me and we all struggle whether it's you know they may not have epilepsy or or, yeah um, but But they have something there's something like we all have something and I think it's probably
1: comforting too for you to hear from other mothers that have beautiful babies now that had epilepsy
2: yeah no it was life-changing really like I was so scared you know when you every woman has like almost two percent chance of having an abnormal pregnancy that is for every one of us and with certain epilepsy and you don't want to add any half percent of anything right when you're pregnant it's like You don't want to. There's And when my doctor said, I recommend you to get pregnant on medicine, I freaked out. I was like, if something happens, if I have an abnormal pregnancy, I'm never going to forgive myself. But then also, if I do it without and I lose the baby, I'm also not going to forgive myself. So it was really hard. So listening to these stories and facts, like, made me, today I have my decision made. And I'm so comfortable with it because... I got to listen to all of these stories.
1: I think that another person that opened up like you, and it was so interesting to watch, like everything that happened was Chrissy Teigen. Yeah. So, So many people were so evil that she shared what she shared about having a stillborn birth. And I, I was talking about this the other day, and I keep talking about it because I think it's important that people that are so beautiful and thin and rich and have it all and have the house and all the, check, the, the mm-hmm. check boxes humanize, like Michael just said, what's going on and show them that just because you do have it all in quotes, things still happen. And what that does for other mothers is there's a lot of people that have had stillborn births. And so now mm-hmm. they can say, okay Chrissy Teigen's talking about it I can now talk about it I feel comfortable it's so important to have these conversations
2: exactly it's exactly what you said so many people the week that I shared especially so many people came out about their epilepsy on their own social medias um that for me was like wow I can't even explain and you know so many comments like that oh i can now talk about it and i i don't have to be ashamed because epilepsy was very there's still a huge stigma there like i said and so many people are afraid i've heard stories of you know people who shared with their boss that they have epilepsy and they got fired the next week because you know they probably thought the person wasn't so capable so we need to stay i mean my goal is to use my platform and my voice to to try to end stigma to bring awareness to it because there's still a big problem out there.
0: I think about like, this is a weird analogy. You yeah. guys might not follow me here, but I think about like a neighborhood in the 50s and you'd go yeah. you go there and I'm not, I wasn't alive in the 50s, but you go and you see these <laughs> like picture perfect houses, right? Mm-hmm. And everyone's out there putting their best f- face forward, but then you never know what's really going on on the inside yeah. and it makes it hard for the community to really like understand who people are. And I think social media is just a massive amplification of that where you look and someone has a really, really p- pretty page and pretty brand, but you can't really tell what's going on. And I I think one good thing that's happening if there is something good from social media is that people are starting to kind of like show behind the house and show behind the pretty picture and say like hey we're all humans having human experiences and i think when you do that at a mass level it enables the spread of information which makes people understand people more and also get a little bit more educated on other things i mean especially this year where there's so many things that we've seen yeah. that have been impactful that you know people just weren't talking about and when they do it helps people learn. And I think like a lot of the problems in this world stem from people being ignorant, right? And if you take that ignorance away and start educating people, you could start to help each other a little bit more. And so I I just think about like that weird analogy where like you drove this neighborhood and everything looks perfect, but you know it's not perfect on the inside. And the same thing with social media, just super amplified. Nothing's
1: perfect. Nothing Nothing is perfect. And by the way, perfect is fucking boring. So nothing's perfect. (laughs) I Uh,
2: agree. How
1: has your husband been a part of your journey? When did you meet? Tell us the story behind that and then
2: tell us how he's integrated in your business if he is. We met through friends. (laughs) Uh, we <laughs> it's actually a funny story. Uh, we met through friends. It was my birthday party. Uh, he came along with a friend of mine and that's how we met. We discovered that we were from the same small town in Brazil.
0: That's weird. And in America you've discovered that here while you were in you're America. Both?
2: Wow. Yeah. We met in America and we that was our first connection. Like, oh my gosh, we're from the same town and he he came to the to the U.S. younger than me, but he would always go back, like vacation time. And I discovered after that all of my friends knew him and I didn't. So it was meant to be, you know, for us to meet here. Uh, and we've been together for 15 years, married for 10. I met him, we started going out with 17. And he's my everything. I mean, he he's not just, you know, my husband and partner, but he... He's the person who really like lifts me up every single day, who gives me courage, who in the business as well, like plays such a huge, important part right in the beginning when he could have saw that I was, you know, I had a passion for the social media and what I was doing, and creating videos. I remember like I was shooting those on the weekend because I was working throughout the week and I said one day, oh, should I really be doing this? And he said to me, yes, you should. I see that you love it. Why not? Like do it. It's something you like doing and so he always encouraged me to do things I love he could always encourage me to to be myself and to be strong and he's he has played a huge part uh, especially when he, on my epilepsy journey so yeah he's my everything and he's today you know my business partner he was super involved in, in the launch of our beauty brand LLUZ so yeah I love him to I love him so much Lord, why are you and talking I can't about, wait to have babies with him Lauren you better <laughs> be talking about work me together? like this no
1: I, because it is challenging to work with your significant other at yeah. least for me I thought, you, it's were not gonna, easy I thought you were going to say Michael's no, also my everything <laughs> you are my everything but you can be very on, annoying how do you guys on. work together seamlessly like there's a lot of annoying things you do like I don't I always say like I don't want to be told at while I'm eating my breakfast at 7am that like I need to call the bank today exactly. I want to blow my fucking head off when you do that
2: <laughs> well good to to know we're in the same page well you know he he, that is that was one of the hardest things in the beginning when we started working together it's like how do we separate things personal from professional and a lot of times I see myself saying wait if it was someone else from the team you would not speak to me that way like so it's it's really hard to separate things and like to know the, the time as well like you mentioned, in the morning, I don't want to, when I'm drinking my coffee, I don't want to hear, okay, you have to post this today. you have to talk to someone. Or at nighttime, when we're sitting on the sofa and watching our Netflix like series, oh, this about work, I don't want to. So we kind of made rules in the house, like that, you know, after a certain hour, we don't talk about work. Um, and it works well. I mean, sometimes we break the rules, but most of the time we try to follow the rules. If you are going
0: to say you never broke the rules, I was going to say, no, I was going to leave, I of was going to leave the interview. <laughs> no, there's no
2: way. But like, you know, we we've been working together for so long and there was definitely a year I remember it was really hard, really hard, but we made it work and we work well together today. Like we tried to, you know, he has his, his, um, his, uh, territory. I have mine. And, you know, I'm the creative side. He's the financial side. So today's much easier than it used to be before. Like, before he was, like, photographing me as well. We we're, like, on top of each other all the time. So today we're able to make it work.
1: But don't you think yeah. it's so... I don't want to have sex and you ask me my <laughs> bank login while we're having sex. I don't
0: know. My, my turn me <laughs> on. No, my, that doesn't turn me sex. on. <laughs> like, please, uh,
1: please, please.
0: Maybe that's what we'll do. Like, we, you, no. we'll have sex. No you, I'll talk to the bank. Um, but don't you feel like it's... um. Well, if you can figure it out and i you know we talk and say like maybe not every couple should do it because it is i mean same with us yeah. really really difficult to figure out but if you do don't you feel like it is really rewarding to work with your partner it's so build rewarding. Something?
2: yeah it's i mean it's the best part of it it's like yeah. you know we're building out like we constantly we always have goals together number one and that is one of the things that strengthens the relationship the most like having goals together achieving things together like we yes. always have something to look forward to together And we're always kind of on the same page. And the experiences we get to live together because of work, Uh, you know, when I travel, go to a cruise show or go somewhere in Europe and have this experience, he's with me. And and he probably
0: appreciates it as much as you do because you're both doing it.
2: Exactly. So it's really rewarding at the end of the day to build all of this together. I
1: feel like you guys are like us where a lot of couples are pushing a boulder uphill and they're different boulders. Yeah. And with Michael and I, it seems like with you guys, you're pushing the same boulder up the same hill.
2: Exactly. And
1: as challenging as it is, it's also (laughs) nice too sometimes. (laughs) Um, What are some of your best kept skin secrets? Skin is huge on this podcast. You have beautiful skin. What are like some products that you're obsessed with? Um, Is there something that you do that's maybe very Brazilian-esque that Americans need to know about? Like give give us some tips.
2: So it's it's funny they talk about skin now because I was like complaining about some skin damage, like skin the stuff that I have going on the side here. No, it's looking uh, glowy. But yeah, I'm so picky about skincare. Um, always been, especially when I started putting a lot of makeup on, like when I started working as a makeup artist. I noticed early on that you know taking care of my skin and my skincare regimen was so important to for my makeup to look good. Um, And for my skin to look good throughout the years and to prevent wrinkles and all of that. So one of the, I have some like Brazilian, I remember my grandmother making all these things like hair masks, face masks, like from home. I remember face masks with like honey and um, she used to put so much stuff. I have some recipes I can actually give you. But um, with skincare, my main thing is a good... Wash your face. Definitely double cleanse. Cleansing is so important. If you're putting, if you don't remove your makeup right and you're putting your skincare on top of that with the residue, it's not going to be good for your skin. So really cleanse your skin, double cleanse um, and tone it before you put your products on like your, your, your serums, your moisturizer. So double cleansing, number one, and then hydrating my skin like vitamin C, oils, serums. Those are very important to me. Uh, especially a serum or oil that works before your foundation as well. Um, that's going to make your your makeup look so good. And, and you have one here in front of me. I do. The Allelu's uh, Beauty Oil. I actually developed that product thinking about, you know, a oil that I could use before makeup because there's so many oils out there that I love but that don't work so well before makeup. And this one is very, like, velvety. Oh my God, um, it smells so good too. It has a ton of like Brazilian ingredients in it and it's clean. It's a clean product, EWG verified, which I'm really proud of. And it's really difficult to create, you know, a clean product. Skincare is everything to me, like the right skincare. I I started going to dermatologists early on and she will always tell me one thing, like, make sure you put on a skincare that is clean that almost acts like medicine for your skin and because there's a bunch of cosmetic stuff out there that you put on your skin is going to feel great the next day but it's not really not going deep in and in, in preventing you know aging and and all of that so it's very important. I love skincare. I am a skincare freak. I, I'm always I'm always changing up my regimen as well.
1: I started to notice that I was using too many different products. Yeah, And that was fucking up my skin. And now <laughs> I like really simplified it yeah. and that made a big difference, I noticed.
2: Yeah, for sure. There was a time where like the more you use, the better it was, but it's really the opposite. The less you use, the better it's gonna be. It's, it's really about choosing the right products.
1: What about a makeup tip that you can share with our audience? So a
2: makeup tip,
1: maybe using one of your products because they're on the table right now and they all look amazing. Is there oh, a one,
2: Yeah, one great makeup tip that I have is with our lip and cheek stain. Um, I use that product on my lips for to and, and on my cheeks for like a natural flush. So especially now during, you know, COVID, we're staying more home. There are days I just want like something very little on my face and I, I want to flush. Like I want my husband to look at me and be like, mm, she looks cute, but she looks like she has nothing on. So that's perfect. I put a little bit of concealer on their eye and I put that on my lips and on my cheeks and I have like this beautiful red like flush but very natural that's a trick I love I mean I always need to have something on my lips and even when I'm wearing like nude lipstick like today I have that under because when I nude lipstick comes off I still have like, like that flush on my lips you know
1: sold <laughs> sold what is your morning routine we ask a lot of people this our audience loves morning routines and maybe you don't have one but if you do what is it
2: I do have a morning routine. I mean, it's not super, it's simple, but um, it's important. I wake up and the first thing I do is wash my face with cold water, very cold, to wake me up and to deep puff in a little bit. And then what I do is I apply my um, beauty water, which tones and re-energizes the skin. It helps with the pores and then the oil. And then after the oil, which is hydrating my skin, what I do is... I take like a gua sha tool and I do like a little Brazilian face lymphatic massage, which is, it works wonders. It really de my face, especially the days that I have to shoot something, you know, go to the studio. That's like my go-to morning routine. And then try to drink a lot of water in the morning. Uh, that all of that, those things I, all of those things I just said really help in de-puff. I'm a very puffy face c- girl. I get it, um, trust I me. wake up really puffy, like on my face. So I, Yeah,
1: Michael wakes up out. nice and tight and <laughs> snatched, and I'm over there using my gua sha tool. That's oh, just because I'm super
0: dehydrated in the morning, then I have to drink, and then I'll puff yeah, up yeah.
2: than... For diet, what are your tips and tricks? You're in very good shape. Thank you. So for diet, so I have, I always say like people there's different people, if I, me and you, we drink and eat the same thing, our bodies are still going to look different, right? I I feel, I say that I'm blessed with very fast metabolism, so I lose weight, but I use, because I have a fast metabolism, I lose weight really easily, and what I'm always trying to do is maintain my weight, so that I'm not too, like, the way I don't, want you know, I want my curves, and I want everything there, I want my muscle mass, when I work out, I'm like building muscle, so Um, I'm, I'm in a balance where like, I want to eat healthy things, but then I need to eat a lot of protein and I need to get my carbs in. So I never really done like a strict diet, but I know that like, you know, now I'm learning more about like, what are the good carbs that I should be eating instead of the bad carbs? I love rice, rice and beans, you know, as a Brazilian, it's one of my favorite things to eat. But then what are the things that could be replacing and all of the things we eat food it affects our whole body it affects our sleep affects our skin our energy so and I find myself a lot like really especially throughout the day during the day I feel like I have no energy anymore it's because of all of the bad carbs that probably I eat and and have in my diet because I, I want to maintain my weight right so the trick for I mean it's hard like I don't really think of like oh I have a trick, but I think it's important for you to know what's your like issue, like what how is your body? How's your metabolism? How's your muscle memory and then figure out, you know, what are the things you should be doing? Like oh, I think I feel like a lot of people they just follow whatever someone else is doing, but they don't know that it could have a totally different effect on them. Even if like you follow this really strict diet that a girl is doing, it could have a totally different effect on you. So what about workout? Workouts, I love anything with weights. Like I love doing booty workouts um, and lower body workouts. Like legs and butt are my number one. And I always try to put some abs in there as well. But I don't work a lot of upper body, but lower body is my main thing. Um, I have actually some really cool like 30-minute workouts on my IGTV that I did with my trainer when COVID started and I couldn't go to him and I saved it there. But um, I love working out. I love biking. I love playing volleyball, you know, being active in general. It really, you know, gives me energy. But uh, when I'm working out, I concentrate more on weightlifting.
1: Can you leave our audience with a book, a podcast or a
2: resource that you feel like will bring them value? I will leave them with a book, The Secret. It talks about The power of attraction, which I really believe in. It's about, you know, the energy that you put to the world, that you put into the world is what you're going to get back at you. I feel like, you know, the energy that we spread is so important on our everyday. There are days that I wake up feeling down and I don't even know why. And instead of like trying to figure out why I'm feeling sad, I instead stop and say okay why what should I be grateful for today why should I be happy why should I smile today and then I start counting the simple things in life right like I have a roof on top of my head I have health I have a loved loving husband a loving family and then I'm automatically feeling happier so and a lot of times you know things are always going to happen you're going to be leaving your house your tires gonna go flat and then you're like putting all that negative energy and heavy energy into that and maybe that was actually saving you for something from something worse happening you know in your day so i believe so much in energy and how energy can impact our lives so the secret is a really interesting book of how you can I'm trying to teach Michael about it well, you know what's funny though it's is really like, it is the
0: simple Lauren always makes fun of me because she's like do your gratefuls and my gratefuls is like wife baby dogs like, those are like <laughs> that's the thing that I'm like grateful for in my life and it's funny we lost it well, it's not funny we lost a dog this year that was 17 years old that was like oh. everything to me and I think about like even all the stuff that. and I would give my, my partners probably don't want to hear this mm-hmm. I would give everything away all the, all the everything to get that dog back yeah. um, and it's funny because like you you take little things in life yeah. for granted until you don't have them yes. and I think people need to remember like it's the it's the little things that matter the most not all the other stuff exactly
1: before you go tell us about your beauty line pimp it out tell us how you started it why
2: you started it what the name means all the stuff so my beauty brand um, is called ella Luz. it means she's light in my native language portuguese and it is inspired by the warmth and the confidence that comes from everyone's individual light I truly, like I was saying, And en- light for me is energy. Light is love. Um, light is, you know, that inner light, I, I always say it's, we're all born with it. It's in there, it's ours, it's unique. Some people might try to show you that their light shines brighter, but it's up to us to let that light shine through. And once you let it shine through, you're able to be whoever you want to be in this life. And I'm, a, I'm an example of it. Um, Ella Luz is a lifestyle brand um, designed, developed with um, essential products from skincare to makeup to hair, body. There's so much more coming and we're a clean, sustainable brand, which I'm really proud of. So yeah, um, I'm really passionate about this brand. I don't want to spend too much talking about it, but... um,
1: What's the main product if you were to start with one product? I feel like I am going to start with the, the lip and cheek, but what would you start with?
2: Um, I, it's hard. It's almost like choosing a baby, you know, your favorite child. Um, I, r- I'm really passionate about the oil. The beauty oil is just, it, for me, it's been life-changing, like, especially before makeup, before I go to bed on top of my moisturizer, uh, because I'm such, you know, people think, think I will say like, uh, a makeup product, but skincare, that oil for me is just really amazing because it's clean as well. And then second, the lip and cheek. Uh, but also, I mean, I have to pick everything. The dye check texture spray, my hair so fine and I need texture every day. But number one is the oil for me. Okay. Yeah.
1: I love it. <laughs> pimp yourself out now. Where is your Instagram? Where can everyone find you?
2: Pimp myself out. Yes. Okay. Pimp yourself out. <laughs> um, my Instagram is at Camilla Coelho and you can find me also on youtube for beauty tutorials um there's a lot of content on my blog at, Camilla, um, at www.camillaquilla.com uh we're gonna link everything else out i'm not pimping myself so right <laughs> no
1: you are and uh, your product on instagram where can they follow
2: uh, my product, my brand is Luz, um on Instagram and Camilla Quitter Collection for my fashion label.
1: And it's E-L-A-L-U-Z.
2: Yes. Cute. Alla Thank Luz.
1: you so much for coming on and opening up. Our audience is going to love this episode. You can come Thank back you anytime. for having
2: me. Thank, Thank you. Thank you.
1: I just got in new Skinny Confidential bookmarks. If you want to win, just let me know who you want to see next on our show on my latest Instagram at the Skinny Confidential. Super easy. And as always, if this show has brought you any kind to value, please rate and review the show on iTunes. It takes two seconds and it helps grow the show.